Previously on Worlds Away. Just three days ago, Dr. Sen and their team began detecting another of these anomalies in the Verge. This one from the Consus system. Unidentified Republic ship, you have entered Consus space without clearance and are being intercepted. You will match speed and follow us to a landing site immediately. Respond on this frequency and acknowledge. Do as he says. Do you normally run your missions this way? So I have to ask, as the um, sort of official head of tourism here... What brings you to Consus today? Oh my goodness, this is so terribly awkward. We were looking for somebody that handled diplomacy. See, it seems that my predecessor lacks respect for the orderly transfer of power. When she left, she failed to update several of the security systems at the mine. You deal with this and help me out, and uh, I'll make sure that your ship gets out of this uh, safety inspection that it's currently grounded for. There appear to be people... At least one person who disappeared. He may still be in the mines. The pen have been acting very strange, most irregular. Very strange, as in their usual activities are X and they are now doing Y? Normally only act this way when ship's coming in, but I've seen them flying uh, to and away from the mine three times now. Very strange. Someone carting off Lustra is a perfectly reasonable explanation for Lustra disappearing. The, the vehicle kind of approaches the gate and slows to a, a sort of gradual stop in front of you. You all came out here to see The Verge, right? Time to find out what it's all about. Welcome to World's Way, an actual play storytelling podcast. I'm your game master, John Ossip, and with me today are Haley Daria. Hello. Lauren Woolbanks. Ow, ow. Michael Morales. Hi. And Moshitara. Hey, everybody. All right, gang. Back again. Episode three. It's happening. The third. Um, so I think we're just going to jump right in and pick back up where we left off. Uh, so we begin with the four of you inside a large transport vehicle driving down a narrow, unpaved road. The truck is being driven by Kieran Cunningham. His dark brown hair brushed back and out of the way of his eyes, uh, which are covered in a pair of mirrored sunglasses. As you look out the windows, you can finally see the forests of Consus from ground level, uh, a very different experience from what you could perceive flying into prosperity. From the sky, the trees appear as a sea of green. But looking up from the ground, the tops of the trees appear convex, like the bottom of a mushroom cap, with a web of gray-brown tendrils holding up a carpet of thin grass-like leaves. 
And every few seconds, you can see one of the treetops move ever so slightly. The leaves cover almost the entirety of the sky above you, giving everything you see a dim green glow, save for an occasional streak of uninterrupted light, lashing down to the ground through a break in the foliage. But after another few moments, you can see what looks like a wall of gold approaching you, a massive cut in the ceiling of green, and the truck gradually slows to a halt. Through the windshield, you see a large wheeled gate, surrounded on both sides by a tall fence topped with barbed wire. And on top of the gate is a large metal sign that reads, Prosperity Mine Number 1, Consus Mining Corporation. Once the truck stops, Kieran casually puts it in park and turns to the four of you. This is as close as I'll go on the road. When you finish the job, Colin will pick you up. After that, your ship will be free to leave, or stay if you like, assuming that you're still in the administrator's good graces. Uh, without a word or acknowledging anything like that, uh, Arno's been, like, nose conscious at this point, not really wowed by any of the scene over here, and just starts to, and doesn't give anybody any sort of heads up or instructions, put on some, like, foot coverings, because he's very fond of the shoes he's wearing right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, and knows that uh, he'll, the ground here will lead through. Again, doesn't give anybody any sort of warning or indication why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, I think Leela before was playing it cool, you know, kind of especially in like the city where it wasn't as in your face that we're on this totally different planet. But I think kind of having ridden among like these very strange looking trees, she is definitely kind of dropping the act a little bit and is just kind of like openly staring and admiring kind of the the strangeness of it all um so i think she's gonna you know get out of the car and mostly be kind of just taking in like the scenery and and kind of the the unique landscape so uh after you sort of exit the vehicle the truck kind of like slowly goes in reverse and kind of does a three-point turn and heads back down the road it came from and you're now standing outside the fence for this mine, which is kind of pretty tall and I think probably topped with some barbed wire at the at the peak of the fence. So now I want to know sort of what you all are doing to kind of prepare to get in there or, or how you're looking around trying to figure out what the game plan is. Before we do any sort of planning, Arno wants to I'm going to scope things out. I'm surveying just the tree tops um, and really what's going on up there. I think uh, from Arno's okay. experience or rather John, in Arno's experience, is uh, what's happening on is the stuff to worry about in Consus on the tree or on the ground, or in yeah. the trees are in the ground. So I think there's kind of like a couple moves in there, and I think yeah. that what I want you to do is just roll scope it out, actually, and then we kind of answer both questions with that. Um, so yeah, so go ahead and roll uh, plus calculating. I'll take a nine. All right. All right. Awesome. Um, so scope it out again is uh, when you take your time or use sensitive equipment to closely study an object, situation, or person, you roll plus calculating. Uh, on a seven to nine, your perception's a little dull and you can ask one question from the list. Um, so Mike, what question are you asking? Um, what should I be on the lookout for? Yeah. So as you're looking, I, I think you're right to look up. Um, you're kind of like surveying the trees and seeing, like looking to see about the movement. And I think it's, what you were seeing as the car was coming in unclear if it was the wind blowing or some kind of creature moving in the treetops. Mm. But what you see is kind of after 
sitting there for maybe like 25 or 30 seconds of looking it one of the trees that you're looking at that's closest to the edge kind of starts like bending in a little bit Mm. and what you see um actually i think you hear it first is the sounds of rotors and kind of orbiting the fence you see a kind of three rotor helicopter drone kind of flying and surveying the perimeter of this and i think i think you're close enough to the tree cover where you're not too worried about it having noticed you but you see this drone kind of orbiting and and rotating around the fence look alive everyone we've got our our first drones over here uh yeah so without saying anything arno is gonna take out his assault rifle uh and start loading it okay uh, just just to be ready he's not gonna take any sort of aggressive action he's just bringing it out gotcha uh, Mara's gonna see this, and she's gonna like look like concerned and maybe a little irritated, and direct to Arno. Do you really believe this is the best course of action? How do you mean? Are is the first thing we're gonna do on this planet going guns blazing? No, but in the event that we need to protect ourselves, we should be ready to protect ourselves. I suppose. So, uh, I think. Mara's instinct um, with kind of so her, you know, playbook, right, as the expert kind of um, and her like special moves and and her background as a technician. She's going to try to uh, see if she can understand and get at these drones a little bit more. If there are anything in like her wheelhouse, what she's seen before or like a different version, maybe of like some sort of crop drone or something like that so so i think yeah I th- so i think go ahead and roll share expertise so that's plus calculating okay um rolling come on so that's uh, a seven okay all right so share expertise when you consult your accumulated knowledge on something that you're an expert in roll plus calculating on a 10 plus you can ask a question related to the topic and the space master will give you a useful answer or ask you to make up the answer. On a seven to nine, I'll give you an interesting answer, but it's up to you to make it useful. Mm. So what I think that you know is you recognize this model, Mm -hmm. and I think you're right that this is a kind of pretty generic body, I guess, that that you can mount other things to, and there's kind of different variants. Sure. So it might be that like, oh, one of these kind of tri-drones is for surveying a wide crop field and then Mm -hmm. another might be oh this is for security and monitoring right right and i think that you know the top of them is what's prone to failure right so the Mm -hmm. part where the blades like if you're like getting it from the top that's when it's the weakest so Mm -hmm. you know it it, oftentimes if there's kind of falling objects or other things that hit it Mm -hmm. that would be most likely to disrupt the the drone's operation physically gotcha so I figure um, that's interesting, but maybe not immediately yeah. useful. So, yeah, so <laughs> that's I a think, tough needle to thread here. So <laughs> I mean, um, so like I think that uh, Mars like like right, she kind of like put up her hand to Arno to like give us a few seconds, and so she's gonna like appraise the drones, and she's like, yeah, it's a generic modulated XJ made by venco so if you shoot it from the bottom you're not going to have a lot of luck it'll sense the bullets and we're going to be in for a bad time the only 
course of action would be to get at it from above. So I'm not sure if you're in the mood to climb these trees, but that's that's your best course of action. If I'm being honest with you, I'm not in the mood to climb much of anything, but these drones uh, still need to be here to protect the mine once we've gone. And if we can avoid any sort of firefight, that's that's my preference in this case. Oh, well, could have fooled me with the whole loading of the gun. Got to stay prepared to be prepared. So is anyone like checking out like what's inside the fence or what's kind of the the, question? Yeah, go ahead. Which is like we are outside a barbed wire fence or a fence with barbed wire at the top. Correct. On the other side is a facility like or like a cave entrance or like what is it? What are we seeing? So Mm. so yeah. So inside the fence, what you see is like sort of close to the side that you're on. Right. There are kind of several large mounds of earth. There may be like 15 feet across. um, And at the top of these kind of earthen mounds, you see like a a few uh, blue green plants. Um, They kind of look closest to ferns back on earth off to the left of this is a kind of collection of parked utility vehicles and forklifts and along with those there are kind of several rows of metal barrels just back from that there's a small metal building it's kind of the size of a shipping container and then just past that into the right is a wide concrete structure it almost looks like a bunker but inside that, you see the elevator. That's kind of the main lift to get access to the mine. And then behind all of that, so all of this is kind of in the foreground near you, there is a giant hole in the ground. It's like hundreds of feet across, and it's that same giant pit that you saw um, from the sky during your approach. And in fact, at this point, I can I can even show you a little, a rough, very rough map of what this looks like. So I can mm-hmm. share my screen. Bless up. That was going to be my next question. Not, I'm not proud of this map, but... We'll put it on the fridge all the same. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, oh, I absolutely will. Can you, can you just print this for me while, while you have it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gold star, 100, I underline, underline. I am having full 100% D&D combat mm. flashbacks right now. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's just because of where I made the map. I, 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 like, I'd like to be clear. I'm not going to... like These, not to scale... Not accurate. I just want to show, generally speaking, where everything is on here. Got it. Take it with a, with a grain of salt, but perhaps our best way forward here is to avoid the uh, avoid uh, being in the crossfires of that drone over there. Um, maybe I go and really quickly find a route to get to the building, and then from there we regroup and get into the elevator so that we have some cover. I, st- I have no objections. I think Leela's been just kind of hanging back and observing. And upon hearing that, she's just going to say, I do see some parked vehicles. Maybe one of those would be useful. I think if we turn on a vehicle, it might attract more attention uh, in the long run to get to that elevator. Fair enough. And so... I'm going to press forward to that mound on the bottom left of the map or before rather Arno, to the area. Of, sorry, let's go for it. Before Arno crosses the threshold, I'm going to grab his arm and I'm going to hand him my shield. Okay. And this is, we, we talked about the shield last episode and we didn't really explain what that is. Do you want to describe that a little bit? The shield isn't like a physical shield that I'm constantly carrying. Uh, it's like a black band around my arm. 
with like sort of almost um, like a device on the t- on the outside that you can just sort of activate uh, mm-hmm. to have what is essentially like an energy shield. Yeah, uh, it grows this like glows this like safety orange color, and it just expands to be roughly the size of the body, the human body. So when when it's not activated, does it just look like an Apple Watch? Because that's what I'm picturing. Uh, less an Apple Watch and more like an Apple. Like it's like a thick armband, right? Like Apple it's probably armband. like three uh, or four inches across on my arm. Okay, uh, TM TM I, TM. Uh, that's yeah. that's ours. <laughs> Apple, don't do it. I'm gonna take a look at the shield and I'm gonna hand it back and I'm just gonna say, uh, I think I'm gonna have an easier time going in than you're gonna have following. And you may need this. And I mean that with no malice. Sorry, I'm going to say Michael means that with no malice saying yeah. that to, to <laughs> this year. Ar- Arno was dripping with malice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, even Arno was dripping. Yeah. I don't know if that tone comes just across. Just factual. Yeah, just factual. Yeah. Uh, Nasir will just shrug. Yeah. I appreciate I'll just it. shrug and uh, be like, whatever you think. So Arno, how are you getting through the fence, right? Do you want yeah. to kind of like cut a hole in it? Do you want to go over it? How are we how are we transiting this? Yeah. Are you trying so to get through the gate? First thing that Arno's gonna do is test to see if the uh, fence is electrical at all. Uh just quick tap on the fence. Yeah, so you, you yeah, you do that. It is it is not. It does not seem like it's uh gonna shock you. So looking at the the mound on the screen over here, I'm going to the section of fence that's closest to it. Okay. And I'm going to try to cut a hole through the fence. Making sure that it operates more like a door on a hinge than it is like I'm cutting an entire section out. I don't know yeah, if these yeah. drones can like see the holes, but I want to make it as hard as possible for them to like know that something has come through. So I'm imagining you're kind of like cutting like a flap in the fence so that you can kind of mm-hmm. like go through yeah. and then it will come back to make the rough structure. OK, that that's, makes sense. That's the plan. And you're just trying to and I want to hear like how are, how are you trying to like get to the mound? Right. Are you kind of and again, what we're talking about is near where this opening where you're cutting in the in the fence is this it looks like almost like everything else was getting like bulldozed. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is just like a mound of earth. That's kind of left rising out of the ground for some reason. Yeah. Right. Maybe there was like a rock or something that prevented them from doing that. Yeah. And you're trying to get there and use it as cover. And so I want yeah. to know kind of what you're, um, what you're doing to avoid detection by the drone specifically. Can you show me roughly on the map where the drone is? It's just not like so an it, area. There's not like a, a, a particular spot. Cause yeah. you're just noticing one or more drones i'll put it that way just Mm. occasionally orbiting right got it so then if that's the case i'm going to go to the north side of the mound is my goal to try to make my way as quickly there as possible when i see an opening such that i'm like facing that parked vehicle in barrels with the mound yeah yeah. okay so kind of Um, putting that in between you and the okay we'll go ahead and roll i I think it uh we're gonna do act quick just to see about the kind of timing and just generally speaking how you fare on this so yeah go and roll plus slick Oh goodness, the plus zero. Come on. Not a negative. That's a six Oof. Oof. experience though. But it is a fail. Yeah. Okay. Um, so go ahead and mark XP. And so again, on a fail, you get to mark XP and then I get to make a hard call. Okay. So you kind of run, um, you open up the fence and you kind of cut through. And I think you stay low and you kind of make your way toward the mound, right? And you kind of get behind you, time it very well. And what's everyone else doing when this happens? Um, Mara's absolutely alert for the uh, drones. And are you kind of staying like back in the tree line? Or? Yeah. I think Leela is just observing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that she's kind of 
doing anything like particularly. Yeah, yeah. She's she's alert as well. Can I ask a question about the drones? Um, does like so Mars understanding of these type of drones? Will they they have like some like pre-programmed perimeter to patrol alliteration there? Uh, will they move past that to chase things or like outside a certain area? <laughs> I think Mara is going to learn that right now. In fact, oh, fun. because okay, cool. what happens is the you see the drone like you get to the cover, right, uh, Mike? And, and you see the drone kind of uh, coming around the edge and it stops in the air like very suddenly. Mm-hmm. And you're like behind cover and you don't see any indication that's like looking at you Hmm. and it kind of lowers and goes right by where you cut the hole in the fence and then looks like kind of like goes up and again i'm I'm just using words like looking and it's hard to kind of Mm -hmm. ascribe like senses or intention to these machines but then it makes a sudden jerky movement toward the three of you in the tree line okay and so I want to know what the three of you do to react to this at this point. Uh, immediately move behind the closest tree. Okay. So yeah, you're going to now have to go ahead and also roll act quick. Uh, that's slick, correct? Yeah. Okay. Got a zero for a buff. Got a four. Okay. Well, so yeah, I'm go dead. ahead. Go ahead and mark XP. Whee! And you see the drone. Um, yeah, you're going to, I think you're going to take some damage. In fact, the drone starts shooting at you. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, this is not good. And um, I don't think it's like like directly chasing toward you. Mm-hmm. But I, there's a kind of and, I, I, you know, I think it's unclear if these projectiles are like lethal or not. But th- mm-hmm. they definitely are. Well, I think actually you're going to get hit. I think it's clear that they're kind of rubber bullets. Right. But it's that's not good. I think those can be lethal. Oh yeah, um, I think we all know that. Yeah, and you're gonna take you're gonna take two harm. Whoa! So you all duck behind the tree, and then Arno. I think that the drone starts. Well, actually, no, no. So, so I, I'd say this drone is outside, kind of menacing the three of you. And Arno, you catch some movement out of the kind of right corner of your eye, mm. and coming from around the building you see a sort of small four-legged ground robot. And just to sort of paint this picture, if you've ever seen those kind of creepy like robotic cop dogs, I think it's like Boston yep. Dynamics or yep. something. Yeah, yeah. Like that is what this looks like. It, it kind of has four legs and they bend the wrong way. And it's below this flat body that has no head, right? And you see one of these kind of moving uh, from behind the building up here. Okay. What do you do? Um, at this point, I will take my juggernaut action. Bear with me here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to run for the parked vehicle. And my objective here <laughs> is to turn it on, jam something into the into the gas, gas pedal or whatever the equivalent is over there, mm-hmm. and have okay. it take off in a direction to cause a distraction. Um, so before you roll, though, Mike, um, I think we're going to do a flashback. And... Fuck. We see Arno sitting in a gray concrete walled room at a rectangular metal table across from two empty chairs. And in front of you to the left is a closed door 
with a, a small narrow window. And to the right of that is a large uh, kind of wall mirror, which is the only decor in the room. And at this point, uh, Arno is just a crew member in the Republic fleet uh, well before he became an officer in FSOC. Um, and so as you're waiting in this interrogation room, what is Arno doing? Um, Arno is uh, looking around, tapping his fingers at this point, uh, kind of like gazing at the ceiling, really trying not to pay too much attention to the door, but glancing every so often out of nervousness. And this is a younger Arno. Um, he is uh, a little lighter in his frame. I would call him wiry at this point. He hasn't quite put on any muscle. He's a new recruit. Um, and uh, his accent's a little heavier at this point. Okay. He um, is nervous generally and um, is still very green. This is this is all very new to him and is very uncomfortable and unsettled by it and nervously waiting. Gotcha. So I think after a few minutes of, of that nervous waiting, the door opens and two people in fleet uniforms walk into the room. Uh, one of them is a woman who looks to be in her thirties. Uh, she has light skin, green eyes and kind of medium blonde hair tied into a loose bun and the other is a, a man in his 20s with medium brown skin, uh, sort of dark, deep, wide brown eyes and short cropped hair that's kind of parted um, on the left side. Uh, and so they walk into the room. And how does Arno react? Oh, hello. Um, the woman who walked in uh, extends her hand to you and says, um, crew member Hines, so sorry to, to keep you waiting. My name's L- Lieutenant Aubert and this is Ensign Patel. Nice to meet you. I really kind of can just salute uh, mm-hmm. rather than taking the hand. And yeah. Lieutenant. Yeah. So, so uh, she returns the salute and as does Ensign Patel. And she continues and says, uh, we're here with IRD. Just have a few questions for you today about Aventine 2B. Um, Want to get a better picture about what happened during the engagement. But I'm, I'm really just hoping we can wrap this up and get you out of here pretty quick. Is that all right, crew member? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All right, well, here, take a seat. Um, Ensign, do you want to, to read the thing? And uh, the, the job in the room turns and says, uh, yes, ma'am. Remember, Hines, the purpose of this interview is to determine whether any violations of the RSCJ have occurred. You have no obligation to answer any questions, and you may elect to end this interview at any time. You also have the right for an attorney to be present for this interview and to postpone this interview until such time as an attorney's presence can be secured. Do you understand this? Yes, ma'am. And almost like as you're responding... Lieutenant Aubert jumps in and she says, I, I really hate like having to read all that. It just makes the sound like a huge deal. Um, you know, lawyers, right? But yeah, you're all good to continue, right, crew member? Yes, bye. Oh, excellent. All right. So th- at this point, she flips open the cover of a, a slate that's sort of sitting in front of her on the table and uh, makes a couple of taps on the screen. Uh, and, and then after a sort of moment's pause, she turns to you and says, crew member, two weeks ago, your battalion was deployed to the second moon of Aventine, Aventine, Aventine 2B. Is that right? Yes. And what was your assignment there, crew member? Uh, we, we was guarding the ridge. And specifically, and at this point, she kind of like slides the, the slate across the table to you and says, you were ordered to guard uh, the refinery on this ridge at, this, at these grid coordinates. Is that correct? Yes. But at some point you left that refinery, isn't that right, crew member? Uh, yes. Why did you do that? Well, um, 
you see, there's um there there was a, a distress call uh on 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 the Republic line and uh they they were stuck in the ship and they couldn't get out and uh the, they were running out of oxygen and uh, I couldn't leave them there. Hmm. And so you left your assigned post to go and find this this crash? Well, yeah, I said I said to them when they came online uh, stay where you two till it comes for you. And they, they just said it was urgent. And I, I tried to get there before, uh, any of them perished. So at this point, Ensign Patel jumps in and he says, remember, isn't it true that just minutes before you left the refinery, your squad received a message that seditionist forces were advancing alongside the ridge? Yes. And you were told to hold your position at the refinery, correct? I was. And you decided on your own, without any orders from a superior officer, to abandon your post and go on this rescue mission? They asked for help. I had to. And crew member, when you got that call, did you stop to think for even one second that the person on the other end of that call might not have been who they said they were? That it could have been a call from the Aventine rebels trying to get you off the ridge? No. So at this point, the lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Aubert jumps back in and says, remember, Hines, I'm going to need you to think very carefully about this. You've admitted right here to having deserted your post and disobeying a direct order from a superior officer. Do you have anything that you can say in response to this? I'm glad that I saved those two crew members, and I'm glad that nothing bad happened at the ridge. And I would do it again if given the chance. Crew member, I don't think... And then before she can finish her sentence... Uh, you hear a loud knock on the mirror. And then Lieutenant Aubert kind of closes the slate on the table in front of her and says, uh, one minute, please. And the two officers stand up from the desk and start making their way to the door. Uh, Lieutenant. Yes. Is is this going to have a bearing on my benefits after my service? <laughs> Get them bennies. Um, <laughs> she... Um, looks back at you and says we'll see what we can do and opens the door and walks out and leaves you now alone in the room what's arno kind of doing now as he's left in the room again he starts hyperventilating at that point and he's just he's a wreck um oh yeah he's just thinking to himself oh i'm gonna go home to my mother and my father and i'm not gonna be able to take care of myself and my family and i'm just not gonna get the benefits and i'm gonna leave before my orders are done and that's never happened before and i oh oh no what have i done Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think the actual time that this takes is less than two minutes, but I'm guessing it feels like well more than 10 minutes to Arno just under the circumstance. But however, after however long it was, the door opens again and this time quite slowly and into the room walks a woman who's wearing a fleet officer's uniform at this point with a single star on each of her collars. Uh, What do you do? stand up and salute ma'am um she returns the salute and kind of slowly shuts the door behind her and says Addie's crew member and she takes a seat at the desk yes ma'am and sits down crew member my name is isabella mendoza mr hines how familiar are you with fsoc and before you can answer we cut back and now I'm going to need you to make that roll. It's all on you, bud. All right. 
Out now, so that's good, y'all. Um, yep. Oh man. So go ahead and mark discharged for Juggernaut. Yep. So what I think happens is, yeah, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so you <laughs> you go up and you make a run for it, right? And I think I, I think you succeed in one thing, right? Which is that the drone that was kind of menacing the three of you um, back in the woods pulls off and kind of like turns to face you mm. but you you run and, and you're like kind of succeeding you have like head down moving very quickly and you find a, a kind of large like forklift vehicle and you go to open the door and you just get slammed as this kind of again like robocop dog just mo- like smashes into you at an extremely high velocity right and you get knocked to the ground you're gonna take two harm and you're like winded and you're also pinned to the ground as this kind of again like robo dog has its front legs on your shoulders and you are just pinned to the ground now can i go harm stress or no yeah absolutely so, okay, the three of you, and, and I guess I want to know now what Nasir does, um, because you see the drone kind of pull out a little bit, and um, Arno is is pinned to the ground here. I am going to draw my assault rifle. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to shoot at the drone. At the flying drone? Yes. Okay. I think this is actually pretty good for you, because it has turned to kind of like face down toward the ground so i think you have a good shot at its back but yeah go ahead and roll firefight and so that is plus uh volatile can, um can i you want to help no. uh yeah i was going to like shout again like aim for the the voters yeah, yeah i don't even i actually don't even think you have to do that so if, if you're going to do that one of the moves that you get as the expert is mm-hmm. that when you share expertise with a crew member, right? Um, you, they, they get advantage. So actually, I do yeah. think this year you can go ahead and roll with advantage on this. Yeah. Okay, doesn't oh, help. No, no, that's good. A seven's good. Uh, oh no, 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 no wait, no, 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 it's not it's a seven. A five. Did you get a plus on it? It's a five minus one, y'all. It's a four. That's not okay. very good. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. So I made the mistake of adding all three dice, but it's just you take the top two. Those are some low numbers, bud. They were. So you get XP. Oh man. All right, we're gonna level up. Yeah. For everyone at home that that missed our setup episode, when you get five XP, you do get to um, level up in this game. So we're we're gonna we're gonna get close just with this uh, this session. Um. Oh. Or TPK. Yeah. This is tough, y'all. Again, I mean, I haven't even really done anything. <laughs> this is just I want, I want one successful role with drones. Yeah, you copped the fuck out of me, dude. This is all just failing roles here. All right, how do I not kill you guys? You start having them deal one harm instead of two harm. <laughs> well, I go back and I make a character that's actually built for combat and not yeah, yeah, for yeah. conversation. Let's see. So I I think you go and you you duck out and you start taking shots at the at the flying drone um Mm -hmm. so go ahead and and did you mark the gear slot uh to that you have the assault rifle and inject that off yes so you go and you you try to take a shot at it and i think you hit you like clip one of the rotors and just just like the top of it and kind of like dings off 
and so what happens is i think you had to take a, a step out from where the rest of the party is to um to go and take this shot and you like ding it and and the drone had kind of turned to face arno so it's it's kind of weapon is facing toward where arno is and the rotors are facing toward you but without kind of missing a beat when you ding the top it lowers down to the ground out like close to the ground outside the fence and is now moving toward you with like using the rotors as itself a weapon right and so you are seeing the rotors of it kind of skimming the ground and moving toward you and you're kind of stuck and isolated from the rest of the party and it is like whipping up um like dirt and rocks and kind of like you're you're getting like peppered by this and have to kind of lean back and and look away from this thing so at this point i guess uh leela you're the only person i haven't called on yet so what are you doing in reaction to this drone advancing on on nasir um so i think initially as like the i don't know if it was the same drone but the drone shot at yeah it's all one drone so far okay okay so the so when it shot at mara i just kind of or when it first noticed us and you know i just have been kind of hiding behind trees in a uh self-preservation uh mode but now i'm just kind of seeing everyone like get messed up so i think i need to do something at this point is the the drone with the rotors like is it like in skirmish distance or is it like advancing on um nasir yeah, it's advancing on this here. I think it, I mean, it could be skirmish distance is kind of like you're right up next to it. I think yeah. it, it could be if you ran up to it right now, okay. it's at firefight distance from you. Okay. So I think while Leela has done some, like d- did some firearm, tra- firearm training on the, on the Phaethon, that is not her strong suit. So mm-hmm. she is not really gonna go for, for pulling out a gun, but she is gonna, run up and put herself between Nasir and the drone and she's going to pull out her her bastons her sticks okay and um try to like use them to like basically parry this rotor <laughs> okay <laughs> like, the rotors are like spinning and she's like gonna like use the sticks to like uh, try to like jam it in there or something yeah. or yeah. okay this this might be a high risk high reward situation. I want to flag that right now. But um, I mean, hey, what's the worst that'll happen? I get some XP, right? I, yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's actually not the worst. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> it's like that and you know, it's yes and yes, you get XP <laughs> and something else. So, all right, go. So yeah, go ahead and roll firefight, which despite the name, kind of applies to any uh, kind of combat where you're risking harm and inflicting harm. Okay, so I'm going to uh roll firefight which is uh volatile so yep. let's see what happens okay that's nine not bad a nine all right mixed success yeah so for, for firefight when you we didn't get to read this before because <laughs> there have only been fails um but when you open yourself up to danger and exchange violence with an enemy roll plus volatile on a 10 plus um you exchange harm and you choose three from the list and on a 7 to 9, you exchange harm and choose 1. Now, I'll, I'll read the list in a second, but just to explain, it's kind of like your weapon or whatever you're using to fight does a certain level of damage, and whatever 
your sort of opponents using also does a level of damage and the effect of firefight is you both do your damage to each other but then you can also pick something from this list so the first thing is you can discharge your weapon um, if it has the discharge tag and deal double its harm you can take evasive action and suffer one less harm than you otherwise would you can hold a position and halt or halt an advance you can make an advance or force your enemy out of cover you can impress dismay or frighten your enemy or you're able to disengage and take a moment to recover. Uh, so which one do you want to pick from that list, Leela? I'm thinking about either holding a position, halting the advance, or making an advance. Um, and I feel like we could, like, if I, like, disable it enough, we could, like, make an advance and just run to meet up with Arno. So I think that's what I'm going to go for. And that's you want to make an advance. So you want to kind Correct. of give yourself an opportunity to get out of there. Okay. So so here's what I think happens. So you go and intercede in between this thing and where Nasir is on the ground. And and do you want to describe how are you hitting it with the Bastin? I wanna I wanna kinda of get that description. So these are so they're made out of um like a heavy, dense wood. Um, and they're kind of like a dark, polished wood. So I just um pull them out and um basically i kind of see the spinning of the rotors and i'm able to use like some slashing motions to like kind of put my sticks in and just kind of like disrupt or like you know block the spinning yeah um and uh and i kind of have one in each hand just kind of like you know trying to push them in when when i see an opportunity yeah so i i think you go and you shove them in like sort of as the like into one Mm -hmm. of the rotors right so as it's spinning and i mean i'll just say like i think it does some damage to your Mm -hmm. sticks right i think they're gonna get um a little like have a lot of scratches Mm -hmm. or nicks in them from the rotor blades Mm -hmm. hitting it but you just straight up sheer like essentially it it breaks off like one Mm -hmm. of the rotor mechanisms in full right so so it's kind of down to these two rotors I, I think this thing adjusts and is able to kind of like recalibrate how to fly with that disruption having occurred, but it, it it's like wobbling a lot and definitely breaks off the attack from Nasir and you have a minute to, to sort of make your way forward through the fence if you want to. Okay. I would like to kind of check on Mara and Nasir and try to help them up to their feet and like shepherd them uh, oh, yeah. if they're, if they're not already. I did. I did leave out though. I did leave out. I'm sorry. That yeah. Also, though, I think some pieces of the yeah. blades come off and you are going to take, um, in fact, three harm. OK, well, I would like to have had my shield on. So okay. I'm going to add that to my gears right now. And that absorbs one. Yep. OK, so yeah, so. that sounds good. So, yeah, go ahead and check that off as discharged. Okay. So, yeah, I think I think we see this like the shield kind of shimmer as like pieces of the uh the rotors and the strap and it'll mm-hmm. hit you but then the shield kind of dissipates and i think you're gonna still take a couple a couple okay. next here and i'm gonna take the other two harm so i'm at i'm rattled as well all right and then and then uh so what are you doing about kind of advancing your position i think uh, i mean i'm gonna like i said try to gather nasir and mara and make sure we all albeit limpingly can meet up with where Arno is at the uh at the vehicles at the forklift. Okay. 
so i think i think you go and maybe you will like hold up that cut mm-hmm. in the fence that arno made and nasir and mar do you follow uh yeah yes. i think at this okay. point i'm gonna apply a hook um okay so my hook is i've grown accustomed to order and structure i get stressed when things go <laughs> off script i think this has gone very off script Yes. Um, so uh, hook noted and mentioned. Yeah, I think I mean, so I, I think the thing with the hook is like that would apply to give you disadvantage under that situation. So oh, I yeah. think so I think we'll say like if you roll again, then I'll, then then we can bring that up and, totally and that'll apply. OK, I, at this point, I want to cut back to Arno because you are kind of pinned down and this mm sort of robot cop dog is pinning you to the ground and sort of pushing you into the ground. Um, what are you, what are you doing right now? Where am I relative to the vehicle? You're like in between the, Oh yeah. yeah. So I get, you had moved up and you're, you're like right to the driver's side door mm. of the forklift. You, you were about to like open the door when you got mauled by this thing. Okay. And I'm just like pinned to the ground itself. Yeah. 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 You're like right by the wheels of this, the kind of like those large, uh, like industrial tires, you know, you can kind of see it off to your right side. Do I still have access to my, do I still have my hand on my assault rifle? I think you, you could make it, you know, you could make an attempt at that if you're trying to. Yeah. Okay. So, um, seeing this things on four legs over here, I want to shoot at the joint of one of the legs at the front just to sort of like knock it off balance at this point, or just like to do some harm. Like I'm. Yeah. So I think actually what I'll say is, and so for the assault rifle, right? Yeah. I think the thing about that is that the range. so this is getting into like the range tags. Mm. so the range for that is firefight right and i think that this yep. kind of makes sense in this because it's a little bit of a like it's a longer weapon so mm-hmm. you're being pinned to the ground right now by this this robot dog so if you want to use the assault rifle you can try to turn it to face it but you're gonna have to do that with disadvantage interesting um <laughs> see something but you might be able to use another weapon oh here we go i've got a melee weapon i don't think we've established uh, oh, you what do? that is oh Right between shotgun yeah, and yeah, yeah. assault okay. rifle. Okay. Um, and I think I'm gonna use my melee weapon, which at this point, just is it all right if it's a knife? Yeah, for sure. I think it's okay. like a, a kind of utility knife or a combat knife. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm going for like a joint over here, and my my main objective over here is to try to like relieve the pressure on me for it pinning by like doing yeah, as yeah. much damage to whatever the leg is connecting to yeah, as possible. Yeah. That's my my only objective here. Okay, so kind of like stabbing into the kind of like robot mechanical mechanisms or hoses right. or whatever. Okay, That's yeah. Right. So go ahead and roll firefight. All right, I got a plus two on this one. If I roll badly, then Come we're just cursed. On. Ten. There we go. Christ Big Almighty. ten. Full success. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so on a ten plus, you can exchange your harm and also choose three from the list. So yeah, which which three do you want to pick, Mike? I'm going to. Deal double its harm. I'm going okay. to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take evasive action such that again, I want to get out from under it. Was my my goal? I just don't want to yeah, be pinned yeah. anymore. Yep. Um, and I want to make an advance still for the um for the for the forklift. Okay, gotcha. So I think, um, oh, still into the forklift it, itself, the one you're right next to, or yeah, I, I okay. still, I still think that the objective is the objective for me, which is like, there yeah, might yeah. be other drones over here. This one really just fucked me up. I want yeah. to distract them and get them away from me. Absolutely. Okay. So I, what I think you do is, <laughs> so yeah, the 
I think the the robot dog. I think it. It's not. I, I was gonna say headbutt, but it doesn't have a head. <laughs> it just kind of butts you with the front of the like the body part, right? Yeah. But as it comes down to like hit you, you're able to stab the knife up and essentially like disable its entire uh, like front right leg mm. and the dog is kind of like on the ground like trying to figure out how to reorient its equipment to to operate and uh sort of continue but you've you've essentially at least temporarily disabled this thing mm. um you are going to take one harm from the headbutt okay. um convert that to stress yeah absolutely cool um and you're able to kind of shove the the robot dog off to the side and get into the forklift cool What's everyone else doing as they see Arno get into the forklift? Are you just trying to like make a break for the elevator or where are we where are we heading now? I mean, we were supposed to meet at the building, but mm-hmm. okay, you can go there but too. But at this point, I feel like I'm down to just run for the elevator. <laughs> yeah, I think the chaos level is high. Yeah, so, I think so it, that mm. if if I see them running for the elevator, then what I want to do is reorient the. Uh, forklift. I was originally going to make it go off to the right, which is in the area of the elevator, and have them go as far away. But at this point, I'm thinking like opposite to the left over here, such that it's, yeah, yeah. the forklift is driving away from the group. Okay, cool. So, so what do you want to do? Do you want to just again like jam the jam the, the acceleration just so it goes in one direction? I don't care if it crashes. I don't really give a shit what happens to this damn thing. I don't care what it hits. I just want it to like go away from us. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, cause a distraction. So I think, yeah, I do. I do think this is again going to be an act quick. I, I, I'm sorry yeah, to say. That's fine. But yeah. So go ahead and roll plus slick. All right. All right. All right. Eleven. Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah! Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Could have used that earlier, um, but all right. Okay. So yeah. Oh, eleven. I like this. Okay. So on act quick, um, when you use your instincts or reflexes to avoid danger or negotiate through danger toward a goal, you roll plus slick. On a 10 plus, um, you're graceful, swift, acrobatic, and you just do it. So so where specifically were you aiming the forklift? So um, to the, I guess, like looking at this, do you see the southwest corner of the building, that bottom left corner? Like yeah, just yeah. next of it. So I just want to go straight. Kind like of pass that it, as, as far straight the building as it can. Back toward the fence. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you. So I think you you kind of steer and just like throw it in gear and slam down the. Um, and, and what are you using? Uh, like, what do you find in the forklift that you're using to prop the the gas pedal? Just for some flavor here. I put it into drive and then I break the gear shift at that point and just like jam it under. <laughs> Amazing. The, uh, and okay. I just and it, jam it in there. Yeah, and it's one of those like large like truck gear shafts. So yeah, you yeah. you just snap that off, um, and it kind of. Uh, <laughs> Shocking, I think. Um, I think given your build, people wouldn't suspect that you had the strength to break the gear shift off. But yeah, mm-hmm. you, you it might take a little bit of working, but you snap that thing off and shove it in there. And I think uh, sort of uh, tuck and roll out the side. And I think what we actually see is another of those robot dogs kind of coming around this like on this left side up here and it just gets mauled by the forklift and I, th- I think it like hits the fence and there's some kind of explosion situation right and um at this point the drones seem pretty distracted by what you've just done so uh, where are you uh what are you heading now or now I, I assume i can see the rest of the party going to the elevator and that's that's where i'm following yeah yeah, yeah. you can see them running toward the elevator okay uh and i'm just gonna just shout at this point uh just go just go 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 yeah okay so you all get into the elevator and I think kind of slam on the button. And I think 
we see one of the drones kind of um, like skimming toward you and realize what's happening. And then we just see the kind of door slide down just as it's about to sort of uh, get within your line of sight. Hey everyone, it's Mo. Thank you so much for listening to Worlds Away. This game has been a blast to play and it has been wonderful to get to share the story with you. If you're enjoying Worlds Away so far, you can help us out by spreading the word to friends and family. Uh, And if they are starting to get annoyed with the fact that you keep talking about us, that's okay. That means you're doing it right. Uh, You can also support us by giving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform where you listen to podcasts. Uh, And if you want to give us a shout out on social media, you can find us on most platforms at Worlds Away Pod or online at worldswaypod.com. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the episode. So at this point, the elevator is kind of descending down this uh, central shaft. And I think looking outside the, it's kind of has one of those mesh gate doors, right? And all you see looking out, it's like pitch black, except for every like eight to 10 seconds, you see a light kind of zoom by as this elevator car sort of descends down sort of seemingly without limit. And at this point, now that you're out of the kind of combat situation, uh, you can take a second and go ahead and recover. Um, So just when a scene ends, you can uncheck two levels of your harm. Um, So that is you can if you have just a scratch or and or I'm rattled checked, you can uncheck those and also any moves or weapons that are discharged. You can um, uncheck the discharge. That went better than I expected. Is everyone all right? Yes. Mara's in the corner trying desperately not to puke. I I think Leela seeing Mara in distress is going to come over and just try to kind of rub her back or whatever, just give her some comfort. Yep. She's going to like look at Leela and try to like force a smile and nod. So they're a little more sensitive than I was expecting. But uh, all things considered, they have us outmanned and outgunned over here, and we managed to make it into the mine. So I think, you know, best we avoid any more confrontations if possible. (laughs) Yeah, we might want to engage in some target practice next time we uh, have a moment. (laughs) So I think over the course of these few minutes you start to notice that the speed of the lights that was kind of zooming by the windows um, or or by the sort of grate on the side of the elevator begins to slow. And eventually the elevator comes to a halt. And this is at the level seven, which uh, had the security and operations kind of label on it, uh, in addition to several other parts of the mine. So the elevator door kind of slides open. It's kind of like the the front opens to the side, but then the, the door that's inside the elevator shaft opens vertically. And you can see in front of you a large staging area. It's maybe 50 feet across and 100 feet long. And sort of to the side is a bunch of parked mining vehicles, some large pallets of supplies and equipment. And, and while the walls are carved out of brown, almost black rock, it seems like the walls and maybe even some of the air 
is giving off the faintest blue green glow. I'm um, spooky. As we get down there, I'm going to reach into my rucksack and uh, take out my body armor and put it on me. And I'm going to say uh, to the group, as I think as much as I'd like to be stealthy going through the rest of these mines, um, best be prepared. If you have anything that can take a hit, I would put it on you now. And uh, I'll uh, go ahead and proceed forward. I've got assault rifle in hand at this point. And I want, uh, are we in like a, in a hallway and a tunnel? Are there like, air, yeah. like bends that I can look around, I guess? So, so, I mean, if you move forward, I mean, right now you're in this large um, kind of, again, like it's like a staging area. It's right outside the elevator that looks like this is where sort of supplies or like small intramine like mining vehicles are being stored. And then there's a, a hallway that extends in front of this. Do you want to move down the hallway? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to keep along a wall as much as possible and like low. Okay. Gotcha. Can I um, look around, see if there are, if there's other signage, maps, anything that would kind of tell us where the security office is on this level? So I think as you move forward down that hallway, you kind of come to a, a what's well, a four way intersection, right? And there's sort of to the side a large sign, right? And if, if you're kind of facing the intersection in the way that you were walking down the hallway, um, there's kind of four paths you can go. So back toward you is the access left is, is how it's labeled to the right. It says operations and security and closed face a to the left. It says break room closed face B and active face C. And then straight ahead, it just says main descent. Okay. Well, I think Leela's going to point at the sign and say, operations and security sounds like where we need to be. You sure you don't want to stop in the break room first? Mm, crack open the, a can of, can of soda, have some snacks. Yeah, kick your feet up, take a rest. It might be useful to check out the break room more seriously, just because we're here to investigate whatever's been happening. There could be evidence anywhere. I'm just trying to lighten up the mood. There could be anything on the other side of that break room door. Best to get disabling this stuff out of the way first before we uh... don't disagree. Yeah. And Mara's going to like walk in that direction of the uh, operations of security. Okay. Oh, wait, no, Miss Belova. And I'm still like crouched at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, you, you kind of continue and and just to describe the, sort of shape of this it's almost like you're moving along a ring um so it seems like this hallway is sort of a a concentric ring around the mm-hmm. sort of inner pit and and you have this uh again these sort of brown dark gray walls and strung along the edges of them probably every like 30 feet is a, a lamp mm-hmm. but eventually you sort of get to a, another cutout sort of on the what would be the right side of the tunnel that you're moving down and so maybe like 10 feet down into this kind of additional recessed tunnel, you see a metal wall. Um, it kind of looks like a like prefabricated room that they moved in here. So in the center of the wall is a metal door that has a kind of electronic slate reader for access off to the, the left side. And above that is a label that just says security office. Uh, to the right of the door, at the top of this metal wall is a single air vent. Uh, and on the floor to either side of the door 
there's kind of a row of metal grating. Um, it's almost like the grating that you could see on city s- sidewalks sometimes. I want to make my way over to the air vent. Okay. And I'm going to look at Nasir and I'm going to say, give me a boost. I'll drop to one knee and uh, cut my hands together to lift him up. Okay. And as I'm going up, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, I don't know what's in there. If you don't hear from me in about five to ten minutes, you can decide to go in and neutralize whatever the threat may be. You might decide to turn tail and run, but don't come don't come try to save me. Before he steps on my foot, I'm going to take my shield off again, or my hand, excuse me. I'm going to take my shield off again mm. uh, and say, if you're going first, you might need this. If you don't, then I won't either. This time I'll take it. Okay. So you go ahead and strap the shield on. Do we hear so, uh, like? Do we hear any noises or anything suspicious? Hmm. Well, where are you listening? Are you listening in the door or the hallway? The door. I, I just want to say, like, uh, I, I, like if I see you walking towards the door, it's like we we don't know how sensitive anything behind that door might be. I would not get close there. I guess she'll, yeah, like she'll she'll stop approaching. Okay. So yeah, you boost, uh, Nasir, you boost Arno up, and Arno, I think you're able to pull the cover off the air vent, and you yeah. kind of slide in. It's it's quite narrow, though. Yeah. And it's it's kind of just about, I'd say you, you have like half a foot of additional clearance width-wise from your body. I'm gonna keep my uh, assault rifle in my holster at that point, and just switch out for the combat knife at that point, so that I can okay. kind of like crawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you have that out in front of you, um, yeah. and maybe some kind of light light source as well but you see like in front of you right as you kind of move down this air vent there's mm-hmm. like a fan that's in front of you right and it's kind mm-hmm. of blocking the path forward uh yeah i'm just gonna lead with the knife at that point kind of jam the fan at that over there and try to like scuttle on through okay. using the using the knife as like a guard for the oncoming fan blade yeah, yeah. Hmm. so i think I think in this case, I will let you roll keep your cool because I think you're kind of just trying to react smoothly and like guard yourself from the shrapnel here. Cool. Uh, Keep your cool. So that's plus stalwart. Seven. Okay. So with keep your cool, when you attempt to keep your cool under pressure or endure hardship, you can roll plus stalwart. On a 10 plus, you do it with minimal cost, but on a seven to nine, you have to choose one for the list. Um, So you either have disadvantage going forward. You suffer stress, or you give up something, leave something behind, or take something with you. And I'll say what? Um, I'm going to leave behind the knife. Okay. I get. I do get to say what, what happens, but I think it will be the knife, so that's fair. Okay. Um, so, yeah, yeah. You, so you go and you, um, you, you stick the knife in and kind of, like, holding your hand up to guard your face right i mean mm. you're get, you get hit by some shrapnel but you're kind mm. of like closing your eyes and just holding up um mm. when you uncover your face yeah the fan is like completely demolished as mm. is the knife mm. so you just have the a handle with with no blade on it anymore do we have any like walkie talkies or like short range communications at this point yeah you have your slates which all can communicate with each other by voice so i'm just gonna send a quick message i'm fine fan in the way and then just keep going yeah and i, I think outside the room you heard a kind of uh <laughs> like loud bang from and kind of pitter patter of metal hitting metal i just want to say i think Leela is standing outside but 
she is kind of, as I think everyone is just kind of like waiting to hear if like he actually gets into the room. Um, and if he does, then she may want to do something. So just flagging that. Got it. And Mara, were you trying to listen to anything? If you're not going to listen up to the door, were you trying to listen to anything else like in the hallway? Yeah, I think it's just like be as alert as possible to okay. the sounds that are. Yeah, any abnormal yeah. sounds. So I think I will. So go ahead and roll. I know that rolling has not done us any favors so far this session, but but go ahead and roll scope it out for me. And I want to kind of like dual track okay. this and see what else happens outside the room. I'm I'm feeling confident, though, giving good vibes. Well, seven. That's not bad. OK. okay. All right. So with a seven, you can ask one question from the list. And that's again, where, what, where is my best escape route, way in or way past? What should I be on the lookout for? What's my enemy's true position? Who or what here is not what they seem? Who's really in control here? How could I best end this quickly? Or who or what here could be a useful opportunity? Mm. Who or what here could be a useful opportunity? Okay. So you heard the metal clank, right? And Arno calls back in the comms says i'm fine Mm -hmm. and you hear echo down the like the hallway behind you down it sounds like coming down the curved the kind of ring hallway that you were walking along Mm -hmm. you hear the sound of like a metal pipe or other object like ding 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 and hit the ground okay um i'm gonna like peek around the corner and see just follow that sound okay is anyone else going with mara i think leela's gonna shoot a glance in her direction but stay focused on the door fair enough i think i'm gonna follow behind mara okay i'm gonna cut back to you in a second but i want to go and address arno as as you head into the hallway okay so Arno, you come and you now moving down this kind of ventilation shaft, you, you look down and, and, and you see a square vent that leads into a well-lit room. I'm going to reach for a grenade. <laughs> okay, unexpected. Bear, bear with me here. And I just to keep it, just feel for where it is. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to use it at this point. And I'm going to remove the vent and immediately drop down. Okay. And just sur- the, the, it's a quick glance around the room, hand on my side for the grenade. I don't fucking care what's in there. Like, that's what I'm. Okay. Landing. So you like tuck down and drop down to the floor. And I think we see like a close up of your face looking left and right and back and forth. And then we get a kind of wider shot and the room's totally empty except for you. So we see two rows of desks that have these like large glass monitors on them. And mm. then there's one large screen on the back wall of the room. And yeah. you see a bunch of like blinking red lights and kind of hatch markings that shows like a surface map of the mine. that's very much concentrated on a there's like some kind of fire symbol by the fence where your vehicle escapades kind of landed around the elevator you see a bunch of blinking lights and then like near the front gate and at the fence where you kind of cut through so it seems like the the system is on full alert right now do i see a way to shut down the system so there are just these just these like kind of 
glass computer screens around the room. Okay. Um, I'm going to walk up to the main computer screen. Okay. I'm going to reach into my bag and I'm going to pull out a protein bar. Okay. And I'm going to look at my slate tablet and I'm going to call Kieran. Okay. Um, so I think we just see you tap the, the slate to call Kieran on, on a private line, just to be clear. Um, at this point, like, I think if, if Leela feels that Arno is in the room, um, then she wants to like reach out and, and check that he made it. Okay. So I don't know if I would be able to tell that he's in there, if I can hear noises, if so, I would want to like, yeah. I think we see like Leela kind of moving up to the door, kind of like looking quizzically at noises that you hear inside the room. But at this point, I want to cut back to Mara and Nasir and and is sort of a a good shot trade off. So you're moving down this hallway, right? And toward the sides of this uh, sort of hallway carved into the rock, there are still a couple smaller pallets of equipment and maybe some like metal pipes kind of wrapped together. And on one of these sort of palletized uh, like crates of boxes, you see something at the top of it and it is the empty wrapper of a protein bar. That's, I don't believe that's what I heard. So just to clarify, we see a bunch of pallets with boxes and on one of them, there's a protein bar. Wrapper? An empty wrapper of a protein bar just on top. Is there uh, any sort of breeze or dust or anything to indicate that this has been disturbed at all in the last three weeks or two weeks? Are you trying to get at the fact I'm, of like... I'm yeah, trying to look around and know, understand two things. One, has this place been disturbed in the last two weeks? Like, for example, is there somebody yeah. here now? And two, we're here collecting information on what's happening to the luster. Yeah. Yep. Are these pallets from two weeks ago or have they been packaged more recently? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so go ahead and roll scope it out, I think, also. Just a just a question. Has it been two weeks that the this has been undisturbed, or I thought it was only a few days? It's only the mine's been locked down for only a few days. But the okay. lust oh, got it. But the lustra has been disappearing for two weeks. Yeah, correct. For more than that, even at this point. Nope. Five. Okay. Oof. Yes, go ahead and mark XP man okay i'm running out of things to do to you all (laughs) this is tough something bad doesn't have to happen because i didn't notice anything yeah but but there was something bad that was already going to happen is the thing but you've headed that off um yeah okay so what happens is a shot rings out and it grazes your shoulder you're only going to take one harm from that okay but then you hear a voice cry out um, and says, don't come any closer. I will, without looking through to the direction of the sand, put my hands in the air. Okay. We're not here to hurt you. And that's all you say? I'm just going to say that very slowly. And then I'm going to slowly turn towards the direction the shot came from. staying the same distance away just slowly turning around okay at this point i want to cut back to arno and leela and what i think happens is leela you hear the shot and what do you do so i'm gonna hear the shot but i also sort of think that arno's on the other side 
and he might be in danger. So I'm just not super clear. Um, so I'm going to try sending a, like a, a call or a voice message on, on the comm um, to Arno and just say, Arno, are you okay? I, I'm hearing sounds. Did you make it in okay? Yeah. So I, I think we just cut in and then Arno, you're on the phone with Kieran and you don't notice the call from, from Leela. Kieran, connect me to the administrator. You can connect your own calls. I don't have her number, Kieran. Stop wasting time. All right. And you hear him kind of tap a few things. And then <laughs> on the other end of the phone, you hear, Arno, I was hoping you'd call. Oh, really? I was, you know, I was just about to tuck into this uh, protein bar over here. Uh, I don't know about you, but my favorite flavor is cookies and cream. <clears throat> I'm more of a coffee woman. Oh, I could see that. What can I do for you? I'm in the security office right now, and uh, you have until I finish this protein bar to tell me what the fuck is going on. Hmm. I feel like I've been nothing but transparent with you, Arno. Where's this hostility coming from? That's strike one. You have two more chances. What is a former member of the fleet doing in charge of Consus and fucking over a mission from the fleet? Well, you said former member of the fleet, and that's correct. Let's just say that there wasn't any love lost between us um, at the time of my departure. Why are you here? I'm just here as a loyal and faithful employee of the Consus Mining Corporation, here to run this colony and this city as effectively as I can. It seems like you seem to misunderstand. You can't run a mining colony if you don't have access to a mine. And before you say anything asinine about me being here, about me being your friend, about me being here to help you, or about you having guns pointed at my ship, your workers know you don't have access to this mine. And I'm the only thing that's stopping the chaos from breaking. Arno, that's very disappointing to hear. Don't waste my time. And I take another bite of the protein bar. <laughs> well, what is it that you want since you seem to be holding all the cards? Why are you here? I've explained myself pretty clearly. I'm just here to do my job, keep my head down, and come out ahead in this world. What is your job? My job is to run this colony and deliver value to the people that have trusted in us to do so. And that's what I'm going to do. Then I wish you all the best luck doing that without any security drones. Clearly, we're not having a great conversation, so I wish you all the best of luck in your endeavors, and I sincerely hope you're able to deliver on those promises to whoever in the corporation has you here. Ta-ta. Wait, what do you want? Be reasonable. We came here, and you pointed guns at us. I'd like an apology first. Oof. He's such an ass. I love it. Love it. It turns out Katya's kryptonite is apologies. Yeah. You. So I think what you hear is you hear like the phone go like more quiet as if it was like put on mute for a second. <laughs> and then it unmutes and you hear Arno... It was never my intention to <laughs> cause huh? distress. And for that, I am sorry. But now 
let's be professionals. You're right. So here's what's going to happen. We have a bit of a situation on our hands, and I'm going to remind you here that I'm here as an officer of the fleet, as an officer of FSOC, and FSOC always remembers. We're going to leave this mine. I'm going to disable the drones. I'm going to maintain control of the drones and change the password. You are going to negotiate with the workers. You're going to keep the peace and you are going to lick every boot from the fleet and the Republic that comes this way in the name of peace to keep a unified humanity from here till the day that you retire or so help me, I will rain fire upon you. Do I make myself clear, Administrator LeClaire? I think at this point you're going to have to roll Intimidate. Can I do it with advantage with War Eternal? Assuming that um, she is from the Republic at one point in time and part of the fleet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about that really quick. I like that. So you're, um, in addition to your signature move, which we already talked about, which is Juggernaut, you also have a background um, as part of your class or your your uh, part of your archetype, excuse me, which is the Warhorse. And your background is War Eternal. It says you come from a culture that's been embroiled in a bitter internal conflict for generations. When you encounter someone from your culture, you will immediately know which force they're from and how you can push at them to gain support or lose their cool. You have advantage when you intimidate or manipulate them. And in this case, what we've kind of described to fit this setting is that the the culture is the Republic itself. And the conflict is this sort of this conflict between the war hawks that are pro sort of using military force to enforce this unity and to advance the Republic's interests and the the doves represented by Evelyn Lee, um, who are kind of trying to find a more peaceful solution to the, the conflict with Aventine. And so, yeah, you definitely have advantage, so go ahead and roll that uh, Intimidate. Okay, and Intimidate's volatile, yeah? Yep, plus volatile. Cool. That plus another D6. I will take a tw- uh, an 11. Yep, awesome. Damn. Okay, so 11, that's good. So when you use threats to bully someone into doing what you want, make it clear what you'll uh, what you want them to do and what you'll do to them if they don't. And then roll plus volatile. On a ten plus, they either have to force you to follow through and suck it up, or cave in and do what they want. Um, Would you like me to restate my demands? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to change the codes, and I'm going to hold on to them until I'm off world. When we come back up, you are going to negotiate with my party. And you're going to make a big show of it. You're going to meet with the miners. You're going to hear their demands. You're going to eat so much fucking crow. You're going to become part bird by the end of it. And then we're going to leave. You're going to declare peace for humanity. And you're going to thank the Republic and Evelyn Lee for their efforts in mediating this labor dispute before we leave. And if you'd so much as deviate for even a second off of this... I'm going to turn over the codes to the miners and you we're going to fuck right off and get out of here. Am I understood? She it's it sounds like she is like speaking through gritted teeth, but you hear crystal. Great. You have a wonderful day and I'll hang up. (laughs) I want to note that he said, am I understood crystal? Uh, <laughs> which is a very interesting take on that phrase. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10, no and, notes. And uh, 
at that point, I'm going to pop the last bit of my protein bar into my mouth. I'm going to about face to the door and I'm just going to kick it open. Yeah. Arno's such a gangster. <laughs> um, so, okay. Back out in the hallway. Well, actually, let me take this first. A very before we different do that. scene is, is so, uh, unfolding. So, yeah. So, Leela, you just see the door kick open and Arno's standing there. What do you do? I think Leela's going to walk up and um, she can tell that it seems like it took a while in there. And, like, so I, I feel like, she, you know, John, tell me if you disagree, but I feel like she's like, something something happened, but I don't, obviously she doesn't know what. But I think she's just going to kind of walk up and look at Arno and, and say, so, um, make it in there, okay? Yeah, room's secure. I was looking for a big red button just to turn off all the drones, but uh, no such luck. I think we're going to need, Ma- where is Mara? Yeah, so I think that's where we cut, though. And yeah, Nasir, so you're advancing out and holding up your hands. No, I'm turning around. I have not advanced. I have not taken a step towards them. <laughs> okay. Turning. Is, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the shot. The shot came from like in front of you. I guess I'll put it that way. And you're just behind the this shoot- crate. Can I see the shooter? Uh, you. I mean, right now, if you poke your head out, you don't see anything. We're just here to fix the situation in the mines. We do not mean you any harm. You say that, and you hear back from down the hallway. Why should I believe that? I have no reason to trust you. We're envoys of the Minerva Project. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Hello. My name is Mara Belova. It is nice to meet you, individual... <laughs> I think at that moment I turn around and I cock my head to the side and look at Mara like really? Are, are Mara's batteries like low and so she's talking slower than normal? Okay. Need I say I did say for the record and I did say to reel it back I've grown accustomed to order and structure. Yes. I get stressed when things go yes. off script. All right. Yes. Uh, um, Amazing. I love it. My name is Nasir Baydark. I, uh, we, we came in just yeah, uh, this morning from the Republic. We've been on a ship for the last few weeks. Uh, I, I used to live out here in the Verge. I am coming out. My hands are up. I am unarmed. I do not even have a shield and I will step out into the, into the open. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I think you're gonna have to roll for that though. So I think that is manipulate. And what specifically are you trying to get them to do? I'm getting, trying to get them to step out, introduce themselves and put the gun away. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and roll plus like, there we go. Eight. I'm so proud. Um, so for manipulate on a seven to nine, they can choose one, which is either they can make a counter offer to be subtle now before they do what you want, or they'll ask you to promise something and provide concrete assurance that you'll follow through, um, and then they'll do what you want. Would you please just come out, put away your weapon, and let's talk. Talking is nicer than shooting. So what they what they say is, 
I'll talk to you, but I'm not putting away my weapon. But you can come here. That seems ill-advised for us, as you just shot at us. I'm coming forward. Please do not shoot again. And I will take steps towards them. Yeah. Towards the where I think they are. So at, at this point, I think also like Leela and Arno, you're kind of making your way onto the scene and you just see like Nasir with his hands up kind of rounding the corner. Oh, good. Our friends are here. Hello, Leela and Arno. How is it going over there? There's more of you. My friends are coming with me. They are putting their weapons away. Is Arno putting his weapons away? (laughs) I look at Nasir and I'm just going to say, you should point that weapon at me. I won't shoot you unless you give me a reason to. My hands are empty for now. I'm having a really good day and you're about to mess it up. I would really, really like it if you don't do that. This is a good day for him. And Leela, what were you saying? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put my hands up as well and um, in kind of walk behind Nasir or like, you know, walk up to meet Nasir and um, kind of just yell out. My name is Leela. I'm unarmed. I'm not intending to hurt you. I just want to figure out what's going on. So I think. Use as you round the corner. So again, I mentioned that this or it's not even like rounding the corner because it's just this continuous, like curved hallway, right? But as mm-hmm. you advance sort of further down the hallway, you see like kind of stand up from behind. Uh, there's like it's like you know how like those like you'll stack pipes in a triangle, right? It's kind of like three pipes kind of stacked on top of each other and tied together. And out from one end of that you see someone step out holding a, a handgun and kind of aiming it at the at you, too. Okay. So my name is Nasir. This is my friend Leela. What was your name? Um, and so in front of you, th- this person that now you get a better look at is kind of a lanky figure. He has pale skin, brown eyes, and sort of messy, light brown hair. Um, he's wearing a pair of brown work overalls and that's over what might have once been a white T-shirt, um, but now it's a sort of marbled medium gray. And um, sort of aiming the gun at you, he says, "My name's Austin." Hello, Austin. What are you doing in a locked-up mine? I should be asking you the same thing. Over here, and he kind of waves the gun to the left. I I move where he he indicates. Okay. What's Leila doing? I think uh, is now, can I like try to scope it out now, now that I can see his body language and stuff? Yeah, I don't I don't think I even need you to roll for that, right? He's pretty clear. Like, you know that he's scared. It's very clear that he's scared about something and it's not necessarily you two. I, like, I think on one hand, like, Leela is just kind of like, okay, this guy's scared. I could totally like just get him to calm down if I can just get to him and uh-huh. but um so i think she's kind of trying to play along but i think i'm just gonna like do as he says because he has a gun um yeah, sure. and then just be like listen we're not here to hurt you we don't even know who you are what happened 
are you okay? I mean, he's not going to answer that as asked, right? But I mm-hmm. think what you get is he, and, and again, when you said you're trying to get close to him, are you talking about trying to use suggestion? Is that what you're saying? Or Yes, I would like to, if I can. Yeah, yeah. So, and we, we've talked about this before, but sort of to use your ability, you have to touch him. Mm-hmm. You have to, it's it sort of, that's how your power works here. So I think what happens is you say that and he says, look, I'm not answering any of your questions, but kind of advances toward you and Nasir and has the, the gun more at Nasir, but is now within like arm's length of you. Okay. So I think then uh, I, I'm just going to reach out and try to touch his hand um, okay. and like try to angle it so that like the gun's still pointing in the other direction, just trying to like angle around and and just i mean I, I, from what you described like he's wearing a shirt and stuff so i like i, I don't know where else he has like skin visible, yeah i guess but. i don't i mean we never answered this does it have to be like bare skin that you touch though or could it like i don't know I, if it has to or yeah, not yeah i i guess that's fair so so maybe I, I won't go for the hand but like the arm okay so you like touches like kind of by the elbow okay yeah so yeah so suggestion that move this is your signature move is the mystic so it says, yes. when you use your power to subtly influence the mind of some weak-willed living thing, discharge this move and roll plus alien. So yeah, go ahead and discharge that and you can roll plus alien. Okay. Give and, me one second. Yep. And actually, I do want you to roll, but maybe it's time for another flashback before we do that. Ooh. Okay. So we see uh, Leela in the same office that I described at the end of that first scene with her, uh, Mickey at Emmy's office. Uh, it has a minimalist decor, um, sort of clean mid-century modern desk, uh, behind which is a series of tall windows going up almost to the ceiling. And out the window, we can see a kind of picturesque grassy hillside um, that rests in front of a line of tall snow-capped mountains. You're in a chair in front of the desk, and Mickey is just sitting there staring at you, dead silent and the only sound other than the faintest wind against the window is the ticking of an old-fashioned wind-up clock and mickey is just sitting there staring at you okay um so should i mean i think leela's like younger in this yeah this is when they first met also to be clear yes so I mean, I think just physically, I don't think Leela has the blue hair yet. I think she has black hair and um, is is like a teenager. So just looks younger. But other than that, no, uh, no physical, like nothing major physical to, to comment on. But I think she's just sort of sitting there kind of a little sullen and just like kind of staring right back. So it seems like they're kind of having like a a silent, you know, face off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, she just stares back at you. Okay. Well, Leela's not going to crack. She's going (laughs) to like cross her arms and, uh, and just wait it out. Yeah. So I think if you cross your arms, Mickey just says, Hmm. Um, I think like Leo's just gonna like jerk a little bit and be like, hmm. She kind of 
laughs a little bit under her breath and says, well, I'm not sure that this is going to work. You're not sure what's going to work. What I do only works if the other person is committed fully, completely to participating with me. And if I'm going to have to sit here and sell you on this, I think that's probably the last thing that's going to help. So I don't think it's going to work. Oh, so you're a mind reader, but only sometimes? Um, she kind of laughs a little bit and says, indexing is not mind reading, Leela. It's just a way to examine and look at our thoughts together. When we rely on words alone to describe what we're thinking, a lot can get lost in that process, even lost from ourselves. Indexing just helps us avoid that shortcoming. I mean, words are stupid, but this still seems like bullshit. Hmm. Bullshit. Um, doing this, I'll be honest with you, as a courtesy to your parents. You see, I don't normally take individual cases. My normal practice is, well, I'm a sort of mediator, um, you could say. I, I try to help find solutions to problems that those involved in a dispute can't see for themselves. Sort of conflict and stress... These have a way of blinding us to the real answers. At first, I was apprehensive about doing this, but as I heard more about you, I realized this might be a case where I could genuinely be helpful to you, Leela. I don't need help. Hmm. I figured as much. Your parents, <laughs> when they uh, came to me, they asked me to see you because they say you have, quote, a problem with authority. What do you think about that, Leela? They're not wrong. I think they are wrong, Leela. I think that they're right that there's a problem, but that doesn't mean it's your problem. I understand that your latest trouble was something to do with your painting, some kind of side of a commercial building without permission. The building was ugly. I made it better. I don't see why that's such a big deal. And why did you decide to paint there as opposed to anywhere else the whole point of art is to to change your perspective to to be different and that was just one in a million ugly concrete buildings in the city and it needed a different touch that was art i did art and she kind of like rolls her eyes and like slumps back in her seat. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. I think I think Mickey kind of smiles, right? I don't think she laughs, um, but she smiles. What if I could help you find not just one of any place to paint, but the perfect place, and ideally somewhere that causes a little bit less grief from people in suits, your parents included. I mean, I've been to the studio at school. I don't like studios. I'm thinking something different than that. Like a mural on a wall? Maybe. Like a bridge? Is that what you think the perfect place is? No. Hmm. 
Well, maybe we can start small. See, Leela, I can't change anyone's mind. That's not how this works. But what I can do is help you see more concretely what it is that you've always wanted for yourself. And at that point, you can decide whether you want to do anything with that. But if that's going to work, and if we're going to find this wall or bridge or whatever it may be, we'll both have to be open with each other. A lot of people that I meet with, they're afraid of that. But for some reason, I have a feeling that you're not someone who's easily scared, Leela. Am I right about that? Leela just kind of, like, I think her face tightens a little bit, and she's like, I'm not scared. But why are you doing this? Why would you help me? Let's just say I have an eye for these things. And at that point, we cut back to the present. And so um, I want you to go ahead and make your roll. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, so I'm rolling um, um, suggestion, which is plus alien. So I get a plus two. Okay, so that's a nine, a mixed success. All right. So on a seven to nine, you can choose one from the list, but they will soon realize that you messed with their head. Um, the the options on the list are they'll either follow a single command from you for a short time that doesn't risk their life or go against their instincts, or you can convince them of something without providing proof so long as you don't lie. Okay. I think what I want him to do is to tell us what's bothering him and to tell us clearly something has scared him. And I think he, I I know, so I, I will say I'm going to give him a command um, okay. and I'm going to say he's not risking his life or going against his instincts because he seems scared and he seems like he wants help. So yeah, that's fair. It feels like he would, he would do that. So I'm just going to like grab his elbow um, and uh, can I should I like describe kind of yeah what sure I'm doing? yeah okay I'm gonna like grab his elbow and kind of in that moment kind of in touching him just kind of gain more understanding of who he is and and what's going on and like just have this connection with him and I'm just gonna like look look into his eyes and say Austin drop the gun tell us what happened we'll help you. He kind of looks concerned for a second, but then slowly lowers the gun and kind of drops it to the ground. And he says, a little over a week ago, when I, w- I was leaving my shift, it was already dark. Um, I saw a bunch of the, the penna flying toward the mine. I didn't know what a ship would be doing there in the middle of the night, so I went back to check it out. It was hard to see, but I could make out a handful of people coming up the lift. Uh, They were hauling a crate to a small ship in the back of the yard. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was the company or someone else, but I asked around and no one at the hiring hall knew anything. So three days ago, I saw the penna headed back toward the mine again. I came back to check it out, but one of the drones attacked me on the way in. I've been holed up in here ever since then. I mean, I'm going to look at Nasir at this point and I think just if we have any follow-up questions 
How long have you worked at the mine? Four years now. In the last month or so, has anything changed about the way the mine has operated? Has anything strange been happening here? I mean, aside from what I just said, um, he kind of smiles a little bit. Uh, I, I return the smile warmly, and I'm just like, let's say before all that happened. Nothing I can think of. Just when I saw the penna again, I don't know what was what they were doing with that crate or what they were doing in the mine, but that was, you know, that's the one thing that stood out. I just assumed that that was happening again. All right. Arno, I take it you disabled the security? Well... I stepped outside to look for our security and computers expert, and who would happen to have wandered away and been held at gunpoint but the very person that we needed to disable the security drones? In my defense, I heard a sound. <laughs> okay. And you got a gun pointed at you. I hope this was a learning experience. And by the way, you over there, really funny. So you've been stuck here for over a fucking week, and the first thing that you do is point a gun at the people who could possibly, who got in here past the drones, and didn't think to yourself, oh, maybe they can get me out. Alright. He's always like this, Austin. I'm so sorry. At this point, I think, like, I assume one of you has, like, picked up the gun. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. I think, I think Leela knows that this wasn't her best work, and... Uh, she's going to grab that gun the second he turns around, so yeah. he doesn't have it. Uh, Ma- Mara, may, yeah, may yeah, I yeah. borrow I'll, you for I'll, a minute? I'll, so we- I'll go get, I'll, I'll do the thing. So I think, I think what happens is, though, he starts getting a little agitated and is like, wait, why did you take, like, did you, and then is just looking kind of confused. I don't think he's, like, putting two and two together with what you did, Leela, but he's looking confused and concerned. Listen, Austin, it's going to be okay. We'll get you out of here. We won't tell anyone what happened. You need medical attention. You might even be concussed. You seem really confused. And I'm just straight up gaslighting him at this yeah, point. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, our colleagues are disabling the security so the dra- drones won't bother us. Why don't you take us to the break room and we'll sit you down and maybe get you a snack yeah so i want to kind of like montage through this next part but you take um austin the break room you see that there's a ton of these empty protein bars kind of just scattered around there it seems like that's been like the sole thing he's been subsisting on since he was stuck in the mine a couple days ago um back in the security room so i don't i don't think i that you need to roll for this i think that you can disable the security system and you know with with the time that you have you get in there and you're able to turn it off mm-hmm. but is there anything else that you're looking for while you're doing that uh mara do you think you can change the password on those drones easily great great so uh as you can see you know things on planet are a little uh disorderly and I think it would behoove us uh, to come out there and not immediately turn things over, um, but rather to negotiate a piece that might reflect well on the Minerva project over here, score the Republic a couple of extra bonus points over here, and, you know, stick it to Leclerc. I'm not really a big fan of hers. And your idea is to utilize the drones to... 
as a bargaining chip. They need access to the mines before this whole powder keg uh, blows, but the workers need to, you know, get paid a fair wage. I think it would look really nice and people might think very kindly of us if uh, we helped everyone out. Totally fine. Thought you were going to say lead an armed insurrection there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we can we can make that happen. That'll be very easy. Very easy. Very easy. Not getting shot at is good. For security purposes, any chance you can put in a second password to override the first one in case we ever need to come back to this planet and straighten things out? Like a two-factor authentication? Like a secret one? Like like an administrative password for... Let's say that this is password light and we have an administrative password such that if somebody else decided to take up your idea of having an armed insurrection with this army of drones, we could stop them responsibly, of course. Mm. sure sure great this i will make you roll for though (laughs) so and i Um, think unfortunately it's act quick (laughs) Ooh, seven that's a seven that's pretty good all right nice so you do what you were uh, what you wanted but you have to choose one from the list which is either you're off balance or rush so you have disadvantage going forward you left something behind, um, I'll tell you what, or you're pushed to your limits and you suffer a stress. Uh, I'll take the first one. Okay, so yeah. All right, so yeah, you just remember we have disadvantage on your next roll. But yeah, you're able to go and put in, you're both able to change the password on these things and you kind of put in a, a sort of administrator, like super Fail password. Fail-safe switch, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, as you're in there, you're kind of surveying the office as the system returns to normal and kind of like all the lights start clearing off. So I think you kind of reset the, uh, all the alerts that are from the top level that were caused Mm -hmm. by your earlier shenanigans, but you see one kind of blinking red alert remain after you reset that stuff. Mm -hmm. And what that says is level nine active face H and it has a kind of like warning indicator on it. And I think you can like select that if you want. Yeah. Let's uh, investigate further. Yeah. So it says structural defect timeline 26 hours, 32 minutes ago. Structural defect. Um, Does this indicate that it was something that is like a natural occurrence or is this did someone intentionally sabotage something? I think that all it says is is just what I said. It just says level nine active face age structural defect. And then the time. Are there any other warnings there, like a like a biohazard light or like a carbon monoxide warning? Something to suggest that like there might be another uh, like a danger to workers that are down there, other than in there being a structural defect. Yeah, no, nothing. The only like indicator, like the symbol, is the kind of like you know the, like the triangle with the exclamation mark in it, mm. right? There's no <laughs> there's no kind of other like hazard symbols. Understood. Mm. Well, best payoff. Yeah. Definitely t- about that time. You really think I could? Uh, I have the charisma to pull off having a robot army? No, that's why I'm not telling you the second factor authentication. She's going to walk away. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So you all can like reach the elevator, and I guess we kind of have two paths for it, which is going up and out of the mine or going down to level nine. Uh, I'm definitely going to share with everyone that 
you know, going up to level nine, um, we could take a look at level nine, understanding that there are structural defects and it's an unknown situation. She's going to like kind of pointedly look around to everyone. If someone was looking to investigate the comings and goings of individuals and what might be perturbing this mine, that might be a place to go, but it is seems dangerous at this time. Well, we have a job to do. I think uh, the danger is probably where we should be heading. Mm hmm. Um, so I don't want to forget that, like, Austin exists. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Do we want to bring this scared kid with us? I I think Mara delivers that, like, over comms as her okay. and Arno are, like, walking to the break room or wherever mm. they ended up. So we have time to kind of make a decision while we're right mm. over there. I think I'll I'll just tell Austin that, I mean... So we have not disabled the drones, right? The drones are no, still we, active. No, you we did. Disabled. We did. So if we you did. wanted to send him up to the top, okay, like, okay, he's okay. probably yeah, not going to get, you know, Swiss cheese. Okay. So I think we'll just tell him that. We'll be like, listen, we have to take care of a few things before we head back, but it's safe for you to go. You, The drones are, are turned off. They're disabled. You probably want to go back to the hiring hall or meet up with your friends. I would not tell anyone that you snuck in here. Probably wouldn't be good for your career. I think he still like looks confused, but he just looks mm -hmm. back at you and I think nods and is, you know, I think you get some like resentment or distrust from him, but mm -hmm. it's like, I think all of your actions have shown that you're not his enemies. And so he seems to be taking it in stride and, and uh, gets in the left and kind of it, it rises up away. I, I'm, I'm just going to yell after him. Texas when you get home safe. <laughs> yeah. So I think after a few minutes, the lift car returns. And if you want to go down to nine, you can do that. Let's go. All right. So, yeah, you get in the in the lift and, you know, again, a much shorter ride than the way down from the top. But when the doors open, it, it, you kind of see like a far narrower pathway than what you saw before to the sides you see like what looks like excavation equipment and it's in the process of kind of widening this room into a larger staging area. Like what you saw maybe up on level seven, which is where you were before. And as you walk forward, there's a couple things that you see or, well, I wouldn't say that like actually what you hear, right? So from in front of you, you hear a very large mechanical sound and you also hear a kind of like pitter patter sort of closer by and as you look up at the source of this pitter patter i think we see like another kind of critter which is this these have these like translucent white bodies and you see two of these creatures are about like four or five feet long and they kind of look like giant house centipedes Ugh. except kind of like a glowing sort of like translucent white and the body's pretty narrow. It's about a little under a foot wide, but they have kind of several dozen legs extending out. And just you see two of them just scurry down the walls away from you. But before you, in front of you, you hear a kind of grinding mechanical sound. What can mm -hmm. we see? Do we see, is it like dark? Yeah, I think as you move forward, 
you see like a kind of like red orange glow mm. that's coming from like the central area where it was the main descent. I'm going to press on. Uh, okay. And actually, before I do, I'm going to take the shield that Nasir gave me, uh, hand it back to him. Uh, and just say, thank you. I'm sorry that you needed more than I did. It's all right. Uh, thanks. So I think we just get like you all as as you kind of move forward. The ring that is the like the kind of outer hallway, these concentric rings. It's a lot narrower into the center, so you're kind of like right up along the main descent when you're about to make the turn. And you see that the source of the mechanical sound and of that glow is probably like. 50 feet down, no, maybe it's maybe more than that, maybe it's like 100 feet down in that pit, is this huge, like, boring machine that's like the almost like the full size of the of the pit, and it just seems to be like working continuously. And it's kind of giving everything a, a red-orange glow from the exhaust uh, or kind of like fire pit that you're seeing in like the back of this thing. But in the hallway... To the right, there's signs for closed face I and active face J. And to the left is the sign for active face H, which is where that structural failure was indicated. Just going to press on. Yeah. So you all head down that hallway and just what you see before you even get to where the next kind of cutout is, is to your right, there's another opening that leads to the, the main descent. And to the left, there's just a complete cave in of what would have been the hallway that goes to this or the, the pathway that leads to this active face. It's kind of huge pieces of rock are like pouring out of the wall here. Um, and it's just like tumbling down and it seems to be completely blocked. Uh, can Mara walk over to the like mining equipment then? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there, there's some equipment over to the side. I don't know if it's like what you're like, sort of, well, what are you looking to do here? I guess. She's not gonna like literally start hacking away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think look at the equipment. If anyone has made like secondary tunnels going in that direction, or if there's other points of interest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're just kind of like looking at the equipment as part of investigating the scenario. Yeah, or? yeah, sure. Okay, so go ahead and roll scope it out for me but you're gonna have to do that with a disadvantage per the last situation okay so five plus four plus two okay that's pretty good yeah um that's, so that's in an, fact yeah. an 11 so quite good right. yeah yeah okay so on an 11 you can ask three from the list wow that's a lot okay so yeah yeah, you, yeah so go ahead and ask you, you get three questions from the list there um so who or what here is not what they seem. Okay. Who's really in control here. And who or what here could be a useful opportunity. Okay. I'm trying to think these all have the same answers. The thing. They might. Like, I, I think I'm. Yeah. I'm trying to understand yeah, as yeah. much as I can about the people. What are they moving? What is their, like. Does it have oh, yeah, anything yeah. to do with the lustra? Okay. Like, that's what I'm trying okay. to say. Okay, I like that. Okay, okay. so I think yeah. I'm going to give you what could be useful, and there's going to be two answers. One's going to be sort of what's not what they seem and what could be useful, and mm -hmm. then the second one's going to be who's really in control here. Mm. So the first one, so you're looking for equipment to kind of try to break through this, like to or to do yeah. something here to see what's going on. Exactly, right? exactly. 
and you see an open crate that's Loop. empty. Oh. And give me one second. I want to actually, I was not expecting this to happen this way, but I got to, I want to give you some actually useful information. So give me a second. Thank you. Ooh, I can finally. make a difference this game. It's not, it's not like, again, this is not like, this is not going to be like immediately helpful, but this is like advancing, sort of skipping ahead in some of the plot stuff from what I anticipated. So give me a I second. I have here. D- done nothing except like get my coochie kicked around. So I am happy <laughs> for literally anything. Um, Oh boy. So empty box, right? And there's two foam inserts that would have been holding what looks like some kind of device inside the crate. Mm-hmm. And on the lid, yeah, all you see, like painted on the inside of it, right? Or stamped on the inside of it. It's kind of like stenciled writing is the Greek letter Xi and then 326. Yeah, so I guess does Mara recognize this in her extensive contacts with like governmental and non-governmental bodies? Yeah, there's like there's nothing that you're going to roll for this. You do not recognize what okay. this is at yeah. all. No worries. But the other thing that happens is and this is in answer to your third question, you kind of feel this like tickling sensation on Mm-mm. the back of your arms and your neck. Mm-mm. Um it's kind of like static, like building up in the second before you're shocked. And I think you kind of impulsively turn around and are looking back at the at the shaft. And do you know how like in the movies when there's a stealth ship, there's like a kind of shimmer in the yeah. air? That doesn't happen here. Instead, just one moment there's nothing. And then the next, there it is, hovering about 50 feet in front of you. And this ship is thin as far as modern spacecraft go. It's maybe 15 feet across on its body and about 80 feet long. It has two sets of wings, a low pair near the front of the ship and a larger pair that's kind of further back and higher up on its hull. And while most of the ship is a dark gray, almost black color, the very front of it seems to be glowing with a dim red light. And in this split second that the ship appears, I want to know what you do, Mara. I I think her mind just goes blank. Like she can't like fathom that like literally just a handful of weeks ago, she was signing documents and like leading phone calls. And now she's staring down a like stealth fighter ship that she is sure is going to end her life yeah and i think in that second the next thing is that the ground in front of you explodes 